That's right, everybody. It is Brooklyn Paper Radio live, but unfortunately on tape because of some licensing issues that I cannot talk about. No, let's not get into that. Brooklyn Paper Radio from the Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn. America's downtown. Yep. Of course, I am your host, Gersh Kunstman of the New York Daily News, the failing Daily News, as Donald Trump might call it. Losers. Joined, of course, by my co-host, and handsome man, Vince DiMaselli, the editor-in-chief of the Brooklyn Paper. Yes, Gersh, that is I. Vince, we got a big show today. We're going to talk to a top journalist. Tremendous show. From Politico, who had a big scoop this week. A former Brooklyn Paper reporter, Dana Rubenstein, will be oh, joining us by you phone. Love Dana. you got to love Dana. We are going to talk to the new editor of the Brooklyn Paper, the guy who got the job from me. Kind in my, of. In my triumphant return, we'll talk to him. Yep. That's we're Tony. G- we're going to reach out again to Yadonis Rodriguez, transportation of the transportation committee chairman from the city council. I've called him three times in the last two days. He has not returned the call. We should we'll call him back. We'll, we'll try it one back. more time. Yeah. And we're going to have a new feature. We're also going to talk to our producer Johnny. Hey. Who's got a show this week? We, we finally have turned Brooklyn Paper Radio into not just a radio show, but a radio channel. Yes. With Johnny's show. So we're going to be talking about Johnny's show is going to be on the CNG radio. We we'll call. also be uh, hearing from our advertisers. That is compressed natural gas radio. <laughs> we will obviously go in the papers and talk about our top stories. But first, I would be remiss if I didn't look over to my right and see a handsome man and say, Vince, how you doing? I am doing fantastic, Kirsch. Now I'm not sure you're aware of this, but it was your birthday. Oh, it was, it was indeed my. It birthday. It was your birthday yeah, on Friday, and I would, I would Happy be birthday. Thank you. I would be remiss. Oh, you would. And I think anyone in this room would be remiss if they didn't go and get you something. Well, that'd be nice. You yeah. know, for your birthday. Yeah, it'd be nice. Right? Like I certainly did. Johnny, did. what did you get? I What'd offered you? you a coffee earlier. I didn't even know it was your birthday. Oh, coffee. So yeah. that was so it was just normal that kindness. Was just ki- yeah, exactly. normal kindness. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Hey, that's not a gift. Wait, wait, Vinny actually has something for me. Let's see. Let's see. What is this? You tell me what you think. Wait, let me see. What is this now? Bushmills, look at that, a Whoa. bottle of Bushmills. That's the I leader. Love, That's I, the leader, Gersh. Bushmills is a great Irish whiskey. It's it's like a cross between a scotch and a bourbon because it's a little sweeter. Well, that's very generous. That's very generous. I, I really got your Bushmills. I know that you like the Wild Turkey 101. I do like Wild Turkey Every, 101. I went to uh, a bunch of liquor stores, and only one of them had the 101, and this was $6 cheaper. So I went with the Bushmills. Really? You went for the $6 cheaper? Well, then if you factor in, I was looking at wines... And there was a $14 wine that I liked and an $8.99. I got the $8.99. So now it's a $6 there. Six, I saved 12 bucks. Well, that's very generous sort of of you, Vince, and I really appreciate it. I do like the Bushmills. I enjoy Bushmills. Do you have any of that at home? I don't have any of that at well, home. Well, maybe after the show we'll give it a shot, maybe a little bit of ice. Well, I'm on, the, I'm on the bike. And the reason I even mentioned that I'm on the bike, Johnny, you know I bike to work all the time. I that's bike right. to the show today. And I got to tell you, the, all the construction, which is great for the city, and all of the subway problems, which are bad for the city, have turned biking to downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown, mm-hmm. into something of a disaster. Yes, it is. Because the only way through downtown Brooklyn on a bike is on Smith Street, which becomes J Street. Oh. And so all of the cyclists are funneled in there. I call it the sluice. But today I said, you know what? I don't want to go down the sluice. Mm-hmm. So I came across 3rd, across Bergen, up Hoyt. And then you get Hoyt, you get to... Uh, Skirmerhorn. Yes, one way. And there's nowhere to go. They're changing that. I don't know. The reason I'm even bringing this up is because, as you know... They're changing the one way. They're going to make it uh, a one way going the other way, and you will be able to ride your... Oh, wait, no, maybe they reversed it. Yeah. Whatever it is, there needs to be some changes. And one of the things that happens, and this is why we wanted to get Yadonis Rodriguez, the councilman, on the phone... Would have been nice. Uh, one of the things they're doing is 
there's so many changes, and not all of them are working in concert, in harmony, if you will. So we're going to talk to Dana Rubenstein, who's from Politico, about that. But okay. first, I would be remiss if I didn't say to Vince, as you know, we are America Firsters here at the Brooklyn Paper Radio. Without question. We love our country. Yes, we do. And as such, I think it's time to open again with our national anthem. Well, I think we should do it, but I think we, we need to just move from where we are now to, like say, like a cavern. Okay, let's go to a cavern. Let's see. Let me see if there's any. Hello. Gersh, are you here with me in the cavern? I am, Vince. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the Brain. Nicely done, Vince. Nicely done. All right, let's get out of the cavern. Always, what I say is, you go low, I go high. I went, I went a little high there, actually, and I, did, I don't think it worked. But we always sing the national anthem, but not because we're crazy patriots or we think that America should be bombing all over the. No, we just love our country, and the national anthem is a great synopsis of that. It's not a tribute to God, like God bless America, and it's not a call to arms, if you will. But it's about a great moment in American history. So let me go and introduce Dana it's Rubenstein. It's about a battle, Gersh. It is about a battle. Dana Rubenstein was a reporter here for a couple of years, and I worked with her extremely closely. I'd call her one of my many protégés in, this, in the uh, journalism community. She's now at Politico, and I'm going to reach out to her now by cell phone because, as you know, she broke a big story. I'd, I'd love to hear about this. Now, she said she's with the governor right now, and she might not be able to answer. But I'm reaching out And she's only going to have about five minutes. So, Vince, I would ask you to let me ask the question. Oh, Jesus. Great reporter. Still, Wonderful. Still a young reporter. Still to this day. Oh, say does that star spang. Well, she should say call her at 1010. It's 1009. Hello, you reached the voicemail of Jordana Rockman. Well, that's I dialed the wrong number. That'll be better. Oh, no, it's a good thing. Good thing we're going to get Jordana on the Jordana phone. Can you hang that up, please? Can you drop that? We'll drop that. All right, thank that's you. interesting. Let me try that again. I can't believe Dana gave you the wrong number. We could edit this out if we wanted to. Uh, we're not going to. All right. We'll do it live, baby. That's weird that that happened. I got a Rubenstein in here. This is Dana. Dana Rubenstein, this is Gersh Kunstman of Brooklyn Paper Radio, and you're live on the air with Gersh and Vince. How are you, ma'am? Hi. Da are hey, you? Dana, how's it going? 
It's going well. Gersh told me not to interrupt, but I'm going to just say hi. All right, Dana, we know you're pressed for time. And as you know, we've already introduced you to our listeners as an esteemed reporter emeritus at the Brooklyn Paper and obviously <laughs> a very top reporter at Politico New York. And the reason we have you on the show, in addition to your, at some point you're going to talk about what a great job Vince and I did editing you, is the big scoop <laughs> this week. You were writing a little bit about the expansion plans for City Bike, which is run by Motivate Company, the Motivate Company. You had a story in which you broke some big news, and I don't think a lot of people know this, but one of the problems in the expansion of City Bike is that Motivate has to pay the city of New York reimbursement fees for the cost of the parking spaces of the docks. Did it did we That's know right. about did we know about that in advance or was that a big scoop of yours? The fact that they have to do that, that's been reported as part of the original contract. What what was new in the story was that Motivate is proposing to expand to Staten Island and the Bronx in exchange for, among other things, exclusivity on New York City streets and also relief from those parking reimbursements. So let's look at the exclusivity for a second, because this is an important topic. As you know, there are a couple of firms that are standing by and uh, about to unleash dockless city bike-style bike-share systems. One of the companies is called Spin, which talks about operating in Harlem and other areas. And I believe that Motivate, the people who run City Bike, are coming to the city to say, whoa, 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 you got to stop and not let these competitors in here. Uh, and that's why we're even having this discussion, because City Bike hasn't expanded really in any significant way since it started right i think i think that's probably the correct interpretation that they're concerned about the you know these potential competitors and so they're willing to do things that they have uh thus far been resistant to like expanding to the bronx and staten island so uh, the yeah. com so the competition that they're afraid of is actually pushing them forward uh, that seems to be the case, yeah. No, I was going to get to the, the idea that the, these companies that want to operate the dockless systems, they want to operate in areas where City Bike has been unable to or unwilling to expand. Now, part of that is, the, I believe, it's partly the city's fault for not subsidizing City Bike. And now I learn that in addition to not subsidizing City Bike, the city is actually charging City Bike a fee to operate on, on streets. It's funny because car drivers don't pay a fee uh, to park on the street, and suddenly City Bike has to well, pay a fee. Well, that was the question I had for Dana. Is this? Uh, are they only paying for the spots where they're putting the City Bikes where there was actually paid parking on the streets? Like uh, that's a good question. I that's I the question I would have asked you. Sure. If, if, I have to assume that's the case. That's I the question know. I would have asked. That's the first question I would have asked as your editor. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, Vince and I did a great job with you. Am I right? Yes, you were wonderful. I mean, no, 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 it's not about personalities, Dana. You you came here a great young reporter and you left a gr like one of the best reporters in the city. <laughs> you were both very good editors. All right, so let's get back to the topic at hand. Yes. My my issue with City Bike has always been on the city side. There's not enough of a city subsidy. City Bike isn't expanding rapidly enough. And I would argue, Dana, the docking system is really the biggest impediment because these new dockless city bike, uh, dockless bike share systems uh, allow, uh, first of all, they don't take away street parking, which eliminates one of the community board's main arguments. And because they're dockless, you, they, you, they're much more flexible. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess City Bike would counter by sending photos of dockless, piles of dockless bikes in China and elsewhere. Um, I haven't done enough research into it. And I also, I mean, uh, perhaps City Bike is itself pursuing dockless technology for all we know. Well, this is, and just as a point of information, Dana, we reached out to City Bike through uh, both its outside PR firm, Berlin Rosen, a highly politically connected firm, and City Bike directly, and neither uh, party would agree to come on the show, they claimed they did not want to negotiate in the press. And I said, no, 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 you've already lost those negotiations. You need to come on the show to tell your story, to, tell, to, to have the public debate that clearly is being had in the back rooms where people like Dana Rubenstein are getting tips. Am I right, Dana? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I suppose if they wanted to make their case, it would have been good to come on the show. Always. Yeah. And this, yeah. is, this is a cautionary tale, Vince. And Dana, you just got to come on the show because if you don't want to answer a question, you do what Mike Flynn does. Look, you plead the fifth. You don't want to answer it, fine. But have let's have the discussion. We also reached out to Councilman Yadonis Rodriguez, who will be calling again later. He just will not return the call. Now, Dana, that's that's penny wise and pound foolish. Am I right? I don't even, I don't even know if it's penny wise. <laughs> no, it's not wise at all. There's not even a penny of wisdom there at all. Wait, I just want to know about this dockless yeah. bicycle stuff. I haven't heard anything about this. This is like <clears throat> news to me. Dana, can you just fill me in a little bit on what dockless bike sharing is? Like, what do you drop it off yeah, with your buddy when you're done? Yeah, I'm in no way an expert. But I think the idea is that rather than have a dock, which, as you know, occupies a lot of space, you can uh, just latch your bike onto another bike that's, you know, chained to a a bike. Po- point uh, of information. Po- <laughs> point of point of information, Dana. Somewhere. It's a GPS. It seems a lot less formal. It's a GPS based system, much like Car to Go, in that the bike yeah. actually locks its back wheel uh-huh. once you stop using it. So you literally could leave it anywhere, and that is what some of the concern is, because in China they keep talking about in China. Well, in China you get thousands of bikes left at a subway station, whatever, and that could happen. The one advantage of the bike of the docking system is you always know where the bikes are going to be. You know where to get it. The, with this, with this other system, you, it's like you you check and it says, "Oh, there's one nearby. I'm going to go pick it up." Well, yeah, and by the time you get to it, it might be gone. It might be gone. Somebody but else that's, probably got it. So, you know. so that's one thing. Well, maybe you could put dibs on it. I call dibs. <laughs> yeah. Well, the car to go system. But again, car to go is a perfect example, Dana. If you park in a legal parking spot, mm-hmm. you don't pay this. Car to go does not pay the city for the privilege of unleashing ten thousand cars on the on the streets of New York. Say that again. They don't pay the city for... Car2Go does not pay for the right to park on city streets, which is what is being asked of city bike users. Right, so you do have to pay, you know, parking meter. Yeah, parking meter, or if you just park on the street. And city bike users like myself, I'm a big city bike fan, uh, that that ends up in my fee, my annual fee to renew. I'm paying for whatever fees the motivate is paying the city of New York. Yeah, I guess you could look at it like that. Well, I mean, the large... No, but it's important because the the streets belong to the city. So there's Mm -hmm. space for cars, there's space for pedestrians, there's space for bicyclists. And that resource needs to be be, um, sold, if you will. So Car2Go doesn't pay the city. Uber doesn't pay the city, uh, other than normal taxes. I mean, you know what I mean? But now cyclists, I'm finding out from your article, amazing bit of... I thought amazing bit of research. I hadn't heard this before. I, I realize I'm paying for the dock to park. Gersh, you're breaking up. Uh, no. Well, Dana, you and I were always meant to be together, and I guess we're breaking up. Can you hear me at all? No? At all? <laughs> I love the way we reach out to people on cell phones 
and it doesn't always work. Dana, you're with the may- the governor today. What's happening with the governor? He's uh, expected to make some sort of announcement about the MTA. Um, Is he closing it down? Speculated that he'll be asking the city to pony up more money for the capital plan. Though I can't confirm that. Well, but here's the thing: as you know, the New York Times and other outlets have been covering the subway problems extensively. Today's story by Lisa Fodaro went back into the history, decades-long history of the underfunding of the subway. Now, it does seem that Governor Cuomo has put an investment into the subway. It's obviously billions, if not tens of billions, too little. What are we going to do to change that paradigm? Are you going to ask the tough questions? Yeah, I mean, in the unlikely event the governor does a scrum, sure. But, you know, the governor contends that it's the largest capital plan ever and that he's putting more money towards it than any governor ever. But when you adjust it for inflation, it's actually the smallest capital plan since 2000, according to the Citizens Budget Commission. So I think he really seems to be engaged in a, a game of uh, blame shifting at well, the that's, moment. Well, that's a Trumpian use of language. I, I, if he's really saying it's the biggest and, in fact, it's the smallest, that's kind of a big distinction. Are you going to ask him the tough questions on that? I mean, I already have asked his office many times about that. It's a question of whether you adjust for inflation or not. It's, it's something he's been very successful at pushing this. Um, this notion that it's the biggest ever, and uh, I think he intends to keep on doing so. All right, just for the record, Vince, I adjust for inflation. You do. Because that's the (laughs) only way, Dana, it's the only way to to tell whether something is consistent. I mean, as you know, the cost of the repairs goes up with inflation. So obviously you need to adjust for inflation because $100 billion doesn't do as much work as it did in the 1980s. Now I get it. I I, I thought you were talking about something else. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, thank you, Vince. For yes. going, for, when he goes high, I go low, as you know. Uh, Dana, I really hope that you're going to get to the bottom of this. But more importantly, I hope you'll continue to do some bike share reporting, because obviously you have an insight and a, and a genius for that. What else are you working on, Dana Rubenstein? Oh, I think we've about covered it first. Oh, really? Wow. Light day for Dana Rubenstein. Dana, are you enjoying <laughs> your work at Politico? Well, sorry? Are you enjoying your work at Politico? I am, yeah. Yeah, any jobs over there? Do we have any jobs over there? I'll let you know. It's funny. The phone always breaks up when I ask (laughs) about employment. I'm sorry, Gersh. What was that? I didn't hear that. All right. Dana Rubenstein, one of the greatest reporters in Brooklyn paper history, now an expert reporter at Politico New York. Dana, thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. All right. (laughs) Always a pleasure. She's She's fantastic. She's great. I've always liked Dana Rubenstein. I know you do. Oh, we got a double applause there. All right. That was good. So we've talked about bike share. How does the MTA waste money? No, again... You, that's where you're going to go. That's your first I'm thing. just wondering. Because this is, you know, we had Nicole Malley-Takis in here last week. It was a big story on brooklynpaper.com. You could take a look. And she just kept saying, the FDA wastes money. It's a siphon the money out. It goes into... I'm like, so I asked, I'm like, how does it waste money? And she's like, everything takes longer than it needs to. I'm like, all right, so how do they waste money? Uh, things don't get finished on schedule. Okay, so how do they waste money? There's no answer. So it's an interesting, Johnny, I don't know if you saw the interview that CNG, that's Community Newspaper Group, did with Nicole Malliotek. She's the GOP candidate for mayor. And I have to say, Vince, the story was fair and balanced. It really was more of a transcript interview with the That's uh, what we did, yes. But I read between the lines, and I got to say, she appeared to be ill-informed and, frankly, dumb. What was your opinion, Vince? When you come in in for a sit-down with the editors of CNG, you should know that some of the people you're going to be talking to work for Gay City News, one of the greatest gay uh, newspapers in the city. I would say one of the best papers in the city. Yeah. No, I mean straight, straight, straight or gay. Straightforward. Straight, 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 straight or gay. Yeah. Right. 
So, uh, and she was not prepared for any questions that our editor Paul Schindler had for her uh, regarding, uh, I guess, the laws for um, transgender people going well, into Well, let's put it this way. Regarding, like regarding her retrograde view of homosexuals and LGBT people. Yeah, you could say that. I did. No, but I'm asking you, Vince. You <laughs> were in the room. You were in the room. And I'm not asking you to characterize the the the. Um, I'm not going to base. I'm, I can't base everything I know. I mean, I'm I'm not going to make an opinion on Nicole Maliotakis based on you know a one hour interview sure. we had with her. But I will say this: she was not prepared for the interview, and I did not come away thinking that all right, this person would make a good mayor. Well, but that's a pretty important thing. You come into the den. You come into the den. I don't want to say a. I I wouldn't call it a den of iniquity. I would call it a a den of of inquiry. Yes, it is a den of inquiry. And if you're not prepared for the questions, and you answer unintelligently, right right now, Vince, mm-hmm. looking at the at the field, Bill de Blasio, Nicole Maliotakis, if you had the you had the vote right now, not on, not for on the ballot, who's who's the smarter candidate? I would say Bill de Blasio. Okay, so that uh, that speaks volumes because as you know, Vince is an is an arch conservative. Vince is a fiscal, <laughs> fiscal conservative. Yeah. Fiscal. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. Somewhat of a social conservative. Because I think I because I think everybody should have an abortion, and Vince is like, "Ooh, no, abortion's kind of wrong." That's where you are, right? You think abortion is wrong? I think that it's no. You think it's wrong? I'm not going to say I think it's wrong. I think there's certainly situations where it's it's what do you, but I, I mean I, I don't think it should be. I don't I don't think it should be used as a, a form of birth control. Let, let the record show. He said I don't think it should be. What do you call? I like what do you call? <laughs> okay. What do you call is a well, big I word think, with me. I think it should be used as a form of birth control. I think it can be, and I think you should get the nose. You're goddamn nose out of my business. No, I think that people should <laughs> okay. should take responsibility for their actions. By having an abortion if they get pregnant and they don't want to be. On, on a, I'm not saying that I, I would ban it. <laughs> I'm just saying that I wouldn't I would not be one to do it. I okay. would not push anyone to do it. And you know if a mistake happened and, and we're having a baby, then I guess we're going to have a baby. Or not. Or not. As, just, as, just for the record, I want just bottom line. Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you're a politician, bottom line, would you put up more barriers to abortion or fewer barriers? I would not put up more barriers, and I would not put up fewer barriers. So you would leave it the way it is. Leave it the way it is. Uh, I have some problems with the way it is. I okay. think underprivileged people and uh, and and undocumented people probably have a lot of difficulty getting a legal, safe abortion in this country. Yeah, and I'm not again. I'm not against abortion, but I think that it's not something I would push on people, and it's not something that I would. Uh, Recommend, but I, it, it is it is what it is. It's I don't out believe, there, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop anybody from doing it. I don't believe anybody is being pushed to have an abortion in this country. Really, really, I think there are people that are pushed to have an abortion. Vinny, let's pay some bills. Yeah, let's do that. Vinny, are you looking for a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price? Who isn't? Well, everybody is, and that's why everybody should be going to Dr. Joseph Lichter. Look, Lichter's got an office in Midwood with a state-of-the-art technology, the best staff, beautiful surroundings, but the most important thing, obviously, are the prices. Zoom whitening, $3.95. Dental implants, $12.50. The Invisalign braces that go behind your teeth, $39.95. It's no surprise that the New York Riveters, the WNHL team, uses Dr. Joseph Lichter to keep their teeth looking bright and shiny and straight. So call Lichter, 718-339-7878. Go to his office in Midwood, 1420 Avenue P, or online, josephlichterdds.com. Wow. Now, after you get your teeth all nice and ready for dinner, you're going to head over to Atlas Steakhouse, because Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, 
You choose your steak and every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then you pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine selection or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. Enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. And when your main course arrives, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse is at 943 Coney Island Avenue. Visit them on the web at atlassteak.com. Look, let me ask you a better question. What good is having those teeth all shiny and what good is being able to eat that steak if you can't do it in a community? And that's what's great about healthcare when it gets personal. Village Care Max, a Medicaid-managed long-term plan, helps you stay at home and in your community for as long as possible. And it's Medicaid-sponsored, so you don't even pay for it. They work with your doctor. They work with your family to get the best options for you. Don't believe me? Go to the website, villagecaremax.org, or call them at 800 469 6292 Village Care Max. Live the life, eat the steak you want to live and eat. Atlas Meat Market is your number one neighborhood butcher shop. Listen, you can't make it out to Atlas Steakhouse one night? Come on over to Atlas Meat Market. They have the same prime cuts that you get at the steakhouse. They're located at 387 Avenue X. And the great thing about Atlas Meat Market is you can call them at any time, order the food, They'll bring it right to your door. They've got steak. They've got chops. They've got chicken. They do not have pork. It is halal. But it's Atlas Meat Market, your number one neighborhood butcher shop at 387 Avenue X. You can give them a call right now at 347-915-2000. Operators are standing by. Vince, do me fa- first of all, it's nice to pay some bills with you. It is. Do me a favor. Just talk for a second because I'm I'm engaged in a little bit of a I don't know what to say. I'm just in, engaged in a disaster here. When whereas like people who don't know anything about the internet ask me questions, and of course I'm talking about some of my colleagues at the Failing Daily News. They don't know how to use the internet. Yeah, they don't know how to access documents that I've shared with them. Oh, they can't. Oh, they can't figure that out. Right. Yeah. Well. This is what happens when you deal with people that are over the age of usually 55, I think, is the Yeah, that's the, that's cut the cutoff. Right, so I've done it. So, guys, the, the biggest news of all at the Brooklyn paper right now, and I, I don't like to make the radio show about our own news. Yeah, we don't really need to cover ourselves, we do we? About, we talked about Nicole Malley attacks, which is a great interview you did. That was news. It was. We talked about today's lead story, by the way, about the fact that those eight stations on the R train in Bay Ridge, which I've always known were like a toilet, are actually a toilet. They're actually a toilet. The MTA has gotten rid of the station cleaners overnight, and residents are literally using the R train as a toilet. Well, they had been using the R train as a toilet, and now they will do so even more because there's only going to be one person cleaning it. So that's and I hate to be that guy. And I want to promote, if I can. Again, we're not trying to make news of the Brooklyn paper, but the Brooklyn paper did do. And by the way, this is Brooklyn paper radio. That's true. The Brooklyn paper did do your guide to the best summer concerts, illustrated with the best summer concert. Connor Oberst uh, on July 20th at Prospect Park. I already have tickets. Johnny, do you have tickets? Are we going? Is that a paid? That's a paid, yeah. How much? 50 bucks. Oh, wow. But it's a benefit for for Brick, which does the Celebrate Brooklyn. Just FYI, Vince, I go to Celebrate Brooklyn every year. Mm -hmm. I probably go to two or three freebies, and then I go to one fundraiser every year. And this year's fundraiser, one of many, Connor Oberst. You may know him as Bright Eyes. I know him as Connor Oberst. Probably my favorite artist, and Lauren Gill, who wrote this fine Gilly preview. Gilly loves him. Gilly loves him. So, that's all news. Let's get him in here. Hold on. We're trying. We're trying. Okay. And Connor Robertson, I know you're listening to the show. 
Please yeah, come give on us a show. call. 718-260-4502. Okay. That's 718-260-4502. But here's the thing. That's all news. Now we're going to turn the, the microphone and the microscope inward. Let's do it. Here I do. It's like, it's like a scientific experiment every time we do something like this. <laughs> the phone calls? Yeah. Hello? Is that Tony Rotuna? That is. This is. Tony Rotuna, new editor of the Brooklyn Paper. Got oh, the job. I'm so thrilled to be a guest on the show. Well, you'll be a guest in studio if you just walk into the studio right now, Tony. Thank you. Oh, come here on I in. Come. So That's Tony's it. coming in. Now, Tony's a great young kid. Sounds R- like a Rotuno, good guy. R-O-T-U-N-N-O. Well, he's coming in. We're going to set him up. Maybe he can explain all this. Maybe he can explain it all to you. He probably thinks he has to come in all quiet. Can you uh, help Here him? Here he comes. Come on in there, Tony. Yeah, you don't have to don't knock. knock. Just shut now, the door. Now, Tony, we've introduced you to our readers, but I think you need... And listeners, for that matter. You need... I got a lot of guys like Gersh Kuntzman, Vince DiMaselli, need no introduction. But, Tony, you need an introduction. And I will allow you right now... Jimmy, help him out with the, with the headphones. ...to provide yeah. said introduction. Turn it and then... Yeah, he's, he's not go. great on radio. So, well, Tony... Look, I didn't hire him for his radio skills, Gersh. Tony, where do you come from? Um, you want the short answer or the long answer? I mean, I'd like you to answer making only from animal the sounds. <laughs> from the heart. From yeah, the and heart. You speak right. directly into microphones. You, you gotta get close to these. These are close-up microphones. Um. Well. Oh, hey, <laughs> that's a little too close, Tony. We like you, but you don't have to be in our face. Don't don't get too close. Um, go. I come from Bushwick. Um, but before that, uh, professionally, I come from the big, uh, scary world of glossy magazines. What, which one was that? Um, most recently, a quarterly called Du Jour. Du Jour. I know Du Jour. Um, the yeah. Day. The sure. Day, yeah. It is the magazine Du Jour. A lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of soup puns in that office. Um, prior to that, uh, I Wait a minute. Was I don't at, understand that. Soup puns? Well, soup everybody was asking about the soup of the day. Okay, I always think of the sandwich of the day. No, it's the soup of the day. It is the soup of the yes. day? Can I have the soup du jour? Soup, soup du, du jour. jour. Oh, soup one du jour. Time I, soup one du time jour. I went to a diner uh, with, with this kid... And he, we were ordering eggs, and you know, on the menu in the morning, it's just like uh, eggs, and, and he just went, "I'll have those eggs, any style." Nice. <laughs> the good old any style eggs. He says, "I'll have any style. I'm gonna have two eggs, any style." <laughs> how did they, they come? <laughs> scrambled, of course. I mean, they just scrambled. They don't. Usually, any style they come scrambled. He threw them at him. <laughs> All right. So we're a little off the topic. Egg, two eggs in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony. Any style. So you worked at Dujour. I worked at DuJour. I was a features director, oh. so I had my hand in a little bit of everything. But um, now you're in the crucible of American news. Yes, and How I'm do you excited feel? How to do you be feel? there. I feel like um, Goody Proctor, whoever you know the the star of that show was. Um, no, the the I'm, I have I'm no out. idea what you're talking no about. Idea. We're the out. crucible. Oh, crucible. Arthur Miller. Nice. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, Arthur Miller was Brooklyn, so I'll allow it. So, but but here's Tony. Here's what I'm saying. There are three words that every editor of a Brooklyn paper must know. What are those three words? <laughs> I, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> three words in terms of your editing style. Hint. <sighs> this is going to be tough. He's, I don't even know. Do I get a hint? No, I just gave you the hint. Oh. It's your editing style. What are the three words that describe the editing style of any Brooklyn paper editor? Blow it up. Blow it up! <laughs> he did it! He did it! Blow it up! A wise that? man <laughs> dropped that line earlier today. Yeah, that wise man and was, was Gersh Kunstman. Yeah. yeah. Now, just and point, point, he was listening, Gersh. You should be very happy. Point of information: I, I was very bitter that Tony was hired because, as you know, I made a very uh, veiled and open 
openly veiled, openly veiled, openly veiled attempt to get back at the Brooklyn paper because I left the Brooklyn paper about five years ago to go to the Daily News in the midst of a very bitter divorce where I thought, Vince, in fairness to myself, yes. I thought if I stopped working 80 hours a week, and you're going to be working 80 hours a week. I look forward to it. I thought yeah. if I could just stop working 80 hours a week, maybe I could save my marriage. And it, it was a little sad. It was a little sad. I mean, I'm not sad about it now. Who cares, right? But, I, but the professional experience I had here was the best. Better than the Daily News. Better than the New York Times. Better than the New York Post. Those are all my experience, by the way, Tony. You've been, my, you've been to the Big Four. Yeah, my the resume is, is obviously, obviously yeah. deeper than yours. But nonetheless, you got the job, and I didn't. And I tip my hat. I doff my chapeau, if you will, well, to the du jour. I mean, just make me even more nervous, Gary. Yeah, no, I do. So, but, I, but just so you know, Johnny, before the show, I said to Tony, hey, Tony, you don't even go to Vince if you have a question. You come to me. Because nice. I'm not your boss. I'm your friend. I'm your friend in the business. If you come to Vince and say, hey, Vince, how would you blow this up? He's going to go, how would I blow it up? Blow it up! Get out of my office! And I'll be like, you know what? what? Let's talk about how we're going to blow this up. Like, for example, when we did live edit last week on the show. Yeah. We edited one of Carolyn Spivak's story, which came in, I'd say, at about 80%. 80%. Vince and I turned it into 100% in about 45 seconds. Correct. And then I click on the story, and it was unedited at all. It, it did not get the edit that it needed. To Evidence that we need you. So what blow was the story? it up. Not, it doesn't it's matter what not, story it was. Not, We're not pointing fingers here because if you point your finger, you got three more fingers pointing right back at you, baby. You, you know, you I do that, that. Yeah. Johnny. Put uh, up yeah. a no. You're right, Johnny. Put up a, a, I never a picture. Realized that. Yeah. My point is, Tony, you are entering the crucible. Now I don't know how they handled it at the jour or quarterly. Probably sitting around with their feet up on the desk. I, I see Pretty a lot much. of. I see a lot of smoking. A lot of smoking jackets. People I see smoking a lot of velvet. Are you ready to work seventy-five hours a week for the reader? Pushing through 10, 15 stories a day. You ready to do it? I could not be more ready to do it. He couldn't be more prepared. I'm tired of smoking. I'm tired of soup. Um, and I'm ready to, you know, really ignite inside the crucible of American news. And you still live in Brooklyn? I do, very much Where do you so. live now? I live in Bushwick. Bushwick, that's fantastic. But he grew up, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Hopewell Junction, which Hopewell is Junction. yeah a town outside of Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah. The yeah. other that's yeah, the Brooklyn of Poughkeepsie, crucible of American news, um, or once was, and started really to go back to your first question. Um, I started with a monthly column in the Poughkeepsie Journal, huh. uh, a teenage advice column. Nice. Now what? So people would write to you saying, "Dear Mr. Lonely Heart," he's the Gersh Kunstman of Poughkeepsie. It wasn't a romance column. Um, no, uh, I. It was <laughs> Gersh. Gersh, when he was a young man, uh, he had a. You were growing up in Westchester. What was that? The Westchester Trib. He had the Westchester Trib. He had a teenage com, but it was a sex farce. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it was a farce. I'll tell you that much. All right, go. I want to hear about this. No. So you know, it, it was probably the best job I'll ever have because I could pick my topic every month. Mm. I don't even think I needed to run it by the woman who was editing it at the time. I just had to turn it in. And I actually brought the clips in for one of my interviews, um, and prior to that was reading them. And I also think it was, you know, I was edited less in that job than I have <laughs> as saying, a professional. How do the columns hold up? Honestly, I'm not that embarrassed by them. I'm I think embarrassed they were pretty by everything I did as a teenager. Every, Johnny. They could have been worse. Johnny, put up a picture of me as a teenager. Right. I'm embarrassed <laughs> by everything. <laughs> Okay, but look here's the question. The photo was the worst oh, part. Oh, look at Gary. Do you remember any topics that you discussed in the advice column for teens? 
Yeah, I talked about the um, jitters of waiting for uh, answers from colleges. Mm. Um, mm. American Idol was really coming into its own at that time, so I wrote about that phenomenon because I was an. Uh, like Kelly Clarkson? It was post Kelly. It was the season with um, William Hung. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She bangs. Yeah. Um, so I, I did a sort of critical piece on that. Mm. Um, I was raised Catholic. Um, and My apologies. Accepted. Um, and uh, at that time, the passion had come out. So there was a column about that film. The Passion of the Christ, the uh, Mel Gibson film. The Mel Gibson film, Which yeah. I think was an underappreciated classic. I really do. I think anytime I, you do a, a movie in a dead language, that takes guts. No, but remember, if you remember... Or oh, a movie with Mel. Mel. Yeah. I also think the was last... Mel, Mel just directed it. Well, he directed it, yeah. The no, last it was Jim Casaville who starred as Christ in that movie. Thank yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> the Passion... The Last Temptation of Christ with Willem Dafoe in the role of the Savior was even better in that, if you remember, Vince, it depicts Christ on the cross being tempted to not be the Savior, but to be a normal man and be with Mary Magdalene and have a normal life, and he resists the temptation. So that gets back to, and you're a religious man, obviously, Tony. Very. Lead me into temptation or lead me out of temptation. And the Bible says, lead me, out of, lead me away from temptation. And I say, lead me into temptation. The man of faith should be led into temptation and should resist. To prove, his, yeah. Yeah, to prove his faith. And that, that was the power of that movie, I thought. Last Temptation of Christ. You know, what, do you think? what do you think, Christian boy? Uh, I would tend to agree with you. you Bring it on. Well, but as you know, Mike Pence, when he prays, because I've, I've been doing some research for a book, which will never be published, but nonetheless, he, he specifically... <laughs> a form of it will be published. He specifically says, lead me, out of, lead me away from temptation. Oh, interesting. Which I think is, uh, 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 undermines his faith, hmm. I think. I don't know how we got into this, but Tony... What about delivering us from evil? Same idea. I say, put us in evil. Steep us in evil. Cover us in evil. And let us make the decision to not be evil. That shows our our faith and our strength. It certainly separates the men from the boys. In, in the case of Mike Pence, that's a very apt metaphor. Indeed. Anyway, that's wow. why my book won't be published. But nonetheless, <laughs> Tony, we're, we're a little bit off topic. What yeah, have you been? What have you been editing today? Uh, right now, I'm working on a really exciting story about a new bike lane proposal that's been accepted, um, at least by the community board, for uh, J Street uh, downtown, for riders going downtown or to the waterfront. And it's tell me what... Fifth, uh, it's the fifth attempt, and they finally reached what seems like um, an agreement on how to tell do it. Tell me the details they, of that. Do they think they got it right? Yeah, fill us in. Do, do you know uh, much so, of the details? So, basically, um, it's a one-way street, and... Prior to this, What's a this the thoroughfare of J between uh, Prospect and I can't remember where. I literally don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, now, now you're you are us. you are so out of the weeds. I'm so out of the weeds. So it's a stretch of J Street. Yes. Which is right below by us. the York Street Station. Oh, wow. yeah. It does Street become Street one way. He's right. He did it. He got <laughs> so I was waiting for that. Yeah. So you go under the Manhattan Bridge on Jay, and you're like in a no man's land. In a no that man's is, land, yes. and apparently, the most popular proposal prior to the one that was approved was for a two-way bike lane on that was protected by a parking lane of cars. Sure. But as you were reaching the intersection, the community board was worried that visibility was an issue, an issue. Um, for you know drivers. It's always an issue. Going uphill as 
traffic careened down. Um, so now what they've decided upon are two separate lanes on either side of the street. Nice. The lane going toward downtown Brooklyn uphill will be separated by a stripe barrier and a parking lane. Mm-hmm. And the lane going toward the waterfront downtown will ride with traffic and also be separated by, I believe, a parking lane or some other, you know, more than sharrows mm-hmm. and more than, you know, yellow lines. It's you know, you know question, what we call sharrows? Question, question number one, editing test. What do we call sharrows on Brooklyn Paper Radio? What's the other w- name we call them? The Chevrons of Death. Chevrons, oh, yeah. Chevrons of Death. death yeah. Question number two. Now, this, this story you're talking about is good news for cyclists. I'm a cyclist. But I have an editing question for you. I recently reached out to the Department of Transportation okay. about the bike lane on Smith Street, which, as you know, you know, Smith Street becomes J. That's why it's relevant. The bike lane there is a bit of a disaster. It is a um, marked the bike, bike lane, lane right below, right below the Brooklyn Paper Building. It, well, it becomes J Street. Oh, got it. Anyway, so I wrote to the DOT, and I got this response. This is in response to your correspondence regarding your request for a protected bike lane on Smith Street. Because as you know right now, Johnny just put up a picture. It's a bike lane, but it's not protected by a row of parked cars. Take down the picture of Gersh when he was in high school. And it's very very difficult. I've been hit twice on Smith Street. It can be a disaster. Please be advised that the installation of a protected bike lane on Smith Street is a challenging proposal due to the street being too narrow at 31 feet south of Atlantic Avenue. I'll get to that in a second. This would require the loss of parking along this commercial corridor. Now, so editing question number two. You're an editor. You get this from your reporter or from the city. What do you ask? What's the question you ask? I'll repeat the... Yeah, please please repeat repeat it. Yeah. Challenging proposal due to the street being too narrow at 31 feet south of Atlantic Avenue. This would require the loss of of parking along this commercial corridor. What's your first question? What's your first question? Regarding their answer that this will affect parking along the corridor. I'll be the judge on this. I'll be Wapner. Sir, just um, answer the question, sir. My first my first question would be why do people need to park on a commercial corridor? Um, that's not your first question. That might be your second question. All right. Time's up, Gersh. Gersh. So my first question would be, well, first of all, what's happening 31 feet south of Atlantic Avenue? I'd get out there and measure. I mean, you literally you literally can swing a dead cat and hit that area 31 feet below Atlantic Avenue from this room. So I go out there, and then I ask the tough question you asked, which is, well, wait a minute. Why does that make it a yeah, challenging... Who cares? who cares if you lose four parking spaces? Who cares? Right. Who cares? Might so, be more than four, though, right? That's the whole block they're talking about. I don't know. That's yeah. that's another question. Is I want to measure that. I want to. Wo- so I know that area. The reason he thinks it's narrow is because there's turning lanes and all sorts of stuff. You could just repaint it. Smith Street needs a protected bike lane, if only because now J Street has a protected bike lane. And you come through the sluice, as I call it. We were talking about this before you came on the show. You yep. come through the sluice, and it's a disaster. But anyway, the point is, I want you on this story because you got the guts and the moxie. I am. It's an honor to be put on the story. Let the record show he gave a thumbs up. Sweet. Double. It was a, a double thumbs up as if he had just won a like, cone, a like free cone. Like a free cone at Carvel. That's what it looked like to me. I look like the Fonz to me. Right, doesn't, he doesn't have the Fonz as look. Anyway, Tony. Hair's too short. Tony, hey, it is hey. great to have you at the Brooklyn Paper. I'm thrilled. I'm genuinely thrilled to be here to be uh, you know, writing and editing for our readers and speaking to our, our listeners. Because I'll be honest with you. Directly. I'll be honest with you, Tony. After Ruth Brown and Mac Jagger left, and it was like a back-to-back blows. They're body blows, Vince. Body oh. blows. I'm still, I'm still uh, 
scrambling. The the paper was literally and figuratively adrift. Adrift. You got to write the course. There was no direction from the top down. It's like that boat in the harbor. <laughs> from the top down, Tony. Because I've always felt the Brooklyn paper Flapping works best the wind. when the grass roots right. when the grass roots Bottom roll up. Okay, so that's that's you. It's Be a, a leader. It's a monumental challenge, but I'm really I'm really looking forward to the task. Blow, and I don't think the borough will let me down. Up, you're blow hired. It up. Blow when it up. all is all else fails, all right. blow it right. up. We got to get him out of here, Tony Rotuno, Everybody, right. thank, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. We have thank to bring you. in a new feature, Tony. You can just slam the door behind you. Yeah, we're don't let it hit your ass I on like the way this out. Guy. Tony's cool. I All like right, Tony. Johnny, that's great. But we have a new feature right now. Okay, Vinny, you ready to introduce it? Because it was your feature. <laughs> it is. It's my feature. We're starting the show. What are we? What are we calling it again? Well, before we tell him what, it's, what we're calling it, Johnny on the spot. Oh. And that's right. It's a new feature called Johnny on the Spot. Johnny's our producer, and we like to make fun. We have fun with him. We make fun of him. Right. But now we're going to do a new feature called Johnny on the Johnny Spot. Johnny Spot. It's going to feature the news of the day. So, Johnny. Whoa. You're on the spot. What we need to know, you are on the spot on this week's episode of Johnny on the Spot. Johnny's going to tell us what's happening in the news. Johnny, go. Oh, man. What's happening in the news? Well, uh, Donald Trump yesterday said, uh, I didn't say anything about Israel. I never mentioned Israel. Do you guys hear about that? No. Tell us more, oh, Johnny yeah, on the Spot. A, please, oh, tell this us. is a big story. You know, he's making a speech to Netanyahu, modest Yahoo, and he says, uh, <laughs> I never mentioned Israel in my meeting with the Russians. I never said it. I uh, never yeah, would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, it's not a great thing to say. Not, not, you know. So that's the big news. That's what all the kids that's are talking one about. one big story. Uh, one big story after another here. Okay, give me another one. Go. What's, oh, what's next? Oh, man, another one. Uh, in the NBA, uh, the Celtics play the Cavaliers tonight with a chance to tie the series. The Warriors advance to the NBA Finals for the third straight year. We don't do sports here. Yeah, hold on. You we went right new... to sports, huh? Well, listen, you know. What's going I'm on in the Johnny city? on the spot. What's going on in the yeah, city, what's Johnny? Going on There's the all city. these bike lanes that we're trying to put up. <laughs> no, no, you no. Got... <laughs> no. You can't just summarize what the show's been about. What's been Let's going on? Tony back in here. I what? Like no, that no, no, no. You're Johnny on the spot. <laughs> Give me a little music there, Vince, so we know. Okay, Johnny on the spot. So come on, give me something. Johnny, anything going on in the world? In the world. In the world today, Johnny on the spot. Any bad thing happened last night in the world? Oh, God. Well, if we really want to go there, I mean, yeah. We're news people. We can't leave that story with that music, though. So did something happen in England? There was a terrible story last night. I know, Roger Moore died. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about... We have to go somber here if we're going to go somber. You, you know? are one of the worst newsmen I've ever seen <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> I don't want to lead into that story. 22, with the, 22 yeah, people he dead. Won't even, he won't even say it. No, because it's, it's, it's a bad lead-in. We're going to go somber. We'll go somber. That was a terrible story last night in the UK. You still haven't told me what it is. <laughs> All right. Our listeners, if you didn't know, there was a suicide bomber last night at the UK. It's a very terrible story. It's very sad. Where did Awful. it happen, Johnny? Happened in Manchester. I know. I, 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 I watched the news. And what happened in Manchester? They're having an Ariana Grande concert. Oh, Ariana Grande. Okay. The people are leaving, and this guy, you know, terrible story. Terrible story. <laughs> you really? We, we, we want to be, I like to be positive on this show. You know, we're talking about a sad story. So now. you just want to bury your head in the sand. Is what I'm going to bury my news, head in the sand. As a newscaster. Listen, as a cautiously paranoid person, 
I heard that news, and it just made me more cautiously paranoid. You can't and, and leave your house. And less likely to go to an Ariana Grande concert. Any concert. All right. Any so, public space. Johnny, you have failed Johnny on the spot. Ah. Just FYI. Okay. So why don't you plug your show? Because as I said earlier in the broadcast, Brooklyn Paper Radio is not just a show. It is now a channel. That's right. Johnny, tell us a little about your show. Well, in the spirit of Vinny and Gersh, I wanted to start a show called Johnny and Hirsch. I have a friend named Annie Hirschman. So uh, I said, let's make a show two years ago. I now, she has the, no skills in radio? She just has she, a name that works. I heard her on a radio show that from a college radio, somebody else's show, and I thought the people hosting that show were terrible, and she was great. So I was like, we got to get her. She should be. She's going to be a star. So I asked the management here two years ago if we could have a show. They said no. So I kind of waited in the water for two years, kept prodding and poking, and the dam burst, and now here we are. I'm and very excited. Now, did you guys have recorded a show already? We did the and first show. First shows are hard. That's and what, what did I you guys? Learned. What did you guys talk about on that show? We What's talked about Jeter you? Week. Do you got a little? Maybe you could play us something. I what could, a snippet? Yeah, a little snippet. I don't have a snippet. Do you run a well, let me just remember. tell. Let me just tell them. We talked about Jeter Week, Shark Week, Jeter Week. He gets a week. Uh, we talked about that prick uh, Ed Sheeran, the guy who's singing "I'm in love with the shape of you." Right. So I hate. It. I have a, mac- a crumudgeony moment of the week every week. Okay, that's good. Just Crumudgeon- FYI, yeah. For your information, full disclosure, I saw Ed Sheeran last year at Forest Hills, and it was a great show. I, it's. I have no problem with the guy. I just hate one line in his song. I okay. think it's a horrible but line. You're entitled to your opinion. Thank you. Right or wrong? Do you like this line? Last night you were in my room. Now my bed sheets smell like you. I think no, it's horrible. It's a bad line. It's a terrible line. Although I will say this, that often sounds happens like, to me. Sounds like the sounds like <laughs> what's happening in the in the R train. Yeah, yeah. scent is the worst sense, mind well, what, you. Oh, but, oh no! Now you're going to expand. Oh, now you're going to be anti scent. I just think it's the of the five. No, it's scent. the most. Wait, first of all, what is the, the five? problem? This is the problem with you kids. Sense, no, no, smell, smell, sight, sight, feel, hear, taste, and taste. And I think Touch. scent scent is a big one. You like scent? Scent is huge. Well, first of all, like 90% of the food you eat, right. you could, the taste is actually smell. So you lose your smell, you probably and, lose your taste. And i got to tell you something. Dogs, they're so superior to us on this oh, whole scent and hearing true. thing. It's true. So we're getting killed on scent and hearing. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you, what you should be arguing for is better sense of smell. We Rather than let's noses. just eliminate, yeah, we need bigger noses. <laughs> Which actually, if I could tell, it reminds me of a of a Please. short story I wrote in college. Nice, and it came up <laughs> over the weekend. I was with my girlfriend, and sometimes Johnny, you know, sometimes I worry that, well, my penis isn't the right size or shape to satisfy a woman. You, I'm sure you satisfy women like no, no other. I don't really care about women. I only care about my girlfriend at this point. She's amazing. She's the only one for me ever. But. Great. I, but it reminded me, when I was in college, I really was not attractive to the ladies. And again, put up that picture of me if you can. Okay. There it is. Look at that. And I had this short story idea. So this is now copyrighted because I'm talking about it. That an alien race came down, and they looked a lot like humans. But they happened to have... <laughs> Why are we telling this story no, Because <laughs> It's a good story. Because, Johnny, yeah. the aliens came, and they had slightly differently shaped penises. Okay. And human women... Didn't, they didn't really even know these guys were aliens until they had sex with them. And suddenly they were enormously satisfied in ways that guys like me, human beings, were unable to satisfy them previously. Are you saying there's something wrong with my gear? And so what would happen is, within a few years, the human American females were exclusively sleeping with the alien males to the detriment of human males. It's a tragedy here. Well, it's not a tragedy. Actually, what happened is through evolution... Uh. The resulting offspring had the right shaped penis. 
And so what well, happened but was... But it would still be a mix, though. No. Because the, you're only getting 50% there. No, no, so. no. No, because no, the gene for the better-shaped penis, the alien penis, was being passed along. Yeah, I know, but that would still take a while. Well, it took a, a couple a of generations. Of penises. Bottom line is it took a couple of generations for the new penis size to be across our entire civilization. Let me ask you a question, and this is the most important question. Did those alien penises need to be circumcised? They were very similar. They had a force. Did, did the story recognize the whole circumcision? We didn't get into that. Epi- the, the epidemic. Short, it was a short story. Hey, I'm a kid. And I, you didn't know any better. I'll be honest with you. The story was not great. It did have a great idea, which is alien penises are better than like human penises. Story. Can you imagine, though, Johnny? Yeah. Alien race comes down. They look like us. They sound like us. They smell like us. Better looking, just equally. No, they're not even better looking. Yeah, they look exactly looking. like us, okay. but their penises satisfy women just better than our you know penises. You know what would be funny? If, if one of those aliens looked exactly like you? Yeah. Like, like literally, there was like a, a Gersh was like doppelganger, a, a, only he had the better penis. Right, and then women were like, oh, you know, there's something about him. But the women who had been sleeping with the human Gersh Kuntzman were like, no, there's nothing yeah. about him. How could you be with like sexual? How could you be with that guy? Yeah, how, how what, what how is it? And, and the women who were with the alien version of me were like, no, you don't understand. He's amazing. This guy is something there's else. There's something about him when we're intimate, when we're together. It's just there's electricity. Do they find out they're aliens? No, no, point? they never find out. That's okay. the beauty of the story. And the human males... Eventually, after two or three generations, don't exist anymore. It's all alien, alien yeah. male with the superior alien penis. Wow. And that was the title, Superior Alien Penis by Gersh Kuntzman. Really? I don't know why you don't work on that again. That sounds like a great I'm story. I'm going to work on yeah. that. I'm going to work on that. Pull that one. Pull that one out. Anyway, it, I, I, that, that was just a short story in college. Well, I think that's something you should focus on. Vinny, let's pay some bills. Yeah, let's do that. Vinny, are you looking for a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price? Who isn't? Well, everybody is, and that's why everybody should be going to Dr. Joseph Lichter. Look, Lichter's got an office in Midwood with a state-of-the-art technology, the best staff, beautiful surroundings, but the most important thing, obviously, are the prices. Zoom whitening, $3.95. Dental implants, $12.50. The Invisalign braces that go behind your teeth, $39.95. It's no surprise that the New York Riveters, the WNHL team, uses Dr. Joseph Lichter to keep their teeth looking bright and shiny and straight. So call Lichter, 718-339-7878. Go to his office in Midwood, 1420 Avenue P, or online, josephlichterdds.com. Wow. You have to get your teeth all nice and ready for dinner. You're going to head over to Atlas Steakhouse, because Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak, and every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then, you pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine selection or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. Enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. And when your main course arrives, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse is at 943 Coney Island Avenue. Visit them on the web at atlassteak.com. Look, let me ask you a better question. What good is having those teeth all shiny, and what good is being able to eat that steak if you can't do it in a community? And that's what's great about healthcare when it gets personal. Village Care Max, a Medicaid-managed long-term plan, helps you stay at home and in your community for as long as possible. And it's Medicaid-sponsored, so you don't even pay for it. They work with your doctor. They work with your family to get the best options for you. Don't believe me? Go to the website, villagecaremax.org, or call them at 800 469 6292 Village Care Max. Live the life, eat the steak you want to live and eat. Wow. Atlas Meat Market 
is your number one neighborhood butcher shop. Listen, you can't make it out to Atlas Steakhouse one night? Come on over to Atlas Meat Market. They have the same prime cuts that you get at the Steakhouse. They're located at 387 Avenue X. And the great thing about Atlas Meat Market is you can call them at any time, order the food, they'll bring it right to your door. They've got steak. They've got chops. They've got chicken. They do not have pork. It is halal. But it's Atlas Meat Market, your number one neighborhood butcher shop at 387 Avenue X. You can give them a call right now at 347-915-2000. Operators are standing by. Oh, they certainly are. I gotta say, Vince, mm-hmm. it's great to pay some bills. And I, I, you know, I make a lot of jokes on work for the failing Daily News, and I'm doing this and that. But the fact is, I wrote a column today about President Trump's use of the term "loser" to describe the terrorists in Manchester, the ones that uh, Johnny wouldn't talk about earlier. Yeah. And I got eleven thousand clicks in about two hours. So that's a hot topic. And that's what Gersh Kunzman does. He gives you the hot topics. What was your, but what was your take on the story? What was your take on the, him using the term loser? Well, if you remember, Donald Trump, after yesterday's attack in Manchester, called the perpetrators uh, losers. Yeah, and I not just, he didn't just say it once. He said it like four or five times. He said, they're losers. Because you know Trump breaks down the world as winners and losers. Right. He's a winner. Bigly. Okay, bigly, right. So, But I reminded readers that um, the term loser, loser is like a joke, a Jim Carrey joke or an Alec Baldwin joke. Or, frankly, what people called me when I was in high school. Hey, loser. Put up a picture, please. There it is. And, sorry, I was a loser. But that's not really how you summon up and and, and mark upon a terrorist attack or or summon up the dark clouds of retribution that might be necessary at this point by calling someone a loser. It's sort of a joke. Like, I'd call call you a loser if, like, you're 10 minutes late to pick me up for the show. Hey, you're a loser. What happened? You're a loser. Got stuck in traffic? Loser. Loser. But you perpetrate a, a horrific terrorist attack? Loser? I don't know about loser. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I, don't, I don't know what he's going. And I even do. I even said in the column George W. Bush when he was at uh, the destroyed World Trade Center towers a couple of days after 9/11 even was able and he was not exactly a gifted orator. He even he was able to summon up the right words at that moment if you remember correctly. And it was not a it was not a happy time. No. He had the megaphone and he said uh, people were saying we can't hear you we can't hear you because he was on a megaphone and he said well the people who did this to these buildings are going to hear us all very soon. But the way he said it was very effective. And I'm not a patriot in the sense of military reprisal. I love my country. We did sing the national anthem. But I love my country, but I don't believe in military response to... I don't. I don't believe... And you can can debate with me on this, Vince. I do not believe that violence is the right form of retribution automatically. Okay, automatically. That's fine. So when Trump says, oh, you guys are a bunch of losers, I don't know if he's saying we're going to fight back or we're just going to be like, eh, you guys are losers. We're just going to build bigger buildings and, and marry hotter wives. And that because that's Trump's response to everything, and I don't like it, and that's why I got twelve thousand clicks in two hours. Hmm. So yeah, it's doubly stupid. There you go. Anyway, Al Michaels, we got to yeah. get out. It's been a great show, Vince. I love you. It's I always, always a, it's always a a pleasure to be here. I want to oh, yeah, thank you. I want to thank you for the bottle of uh, Bushmills whiskey, cheaper than Wild Turkey One Hundred One, which is weird. Uh, but thank you for that. Well, the Wild Turkey Eighty One was less expensive. I don't like the Eighty One. It, it was less expensive than the Bushmills. And we had it. So we want to talk about what we did on the show. We talked to Dana Rubenstein, a political reporter. We talked to great. new Brooklyn paper editor, Tony Rotuno. And we introduced a new feature, Johnny on the Spot. Hey. In which our producer, Johnny Coonan, who has a new show coming out this week, uh, talks about us, talks, talks us through Johnny, the news. Johnny on the Spot. And shows that he's unable to actually talk us through the news because he's afraid, because he's a candy ass about the news. I can be. You are. All right. Play us out, J- Johnny. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>